back to the Sounds of Stadia podcast for episode number 142 of your weekly show where we round up all of your gaming and Stadia news for your listening or viewing pleasure right here on youtube.com forward slash Games or up there on your podcast preference of choice in the clouds. We've got a great show lined up for you this week talking about all of the fallout from the Summer Games Fest hosted by Jeff Keighley, some new games rated for Stadia such as Saints Row, breakdowns of all the other updates from some Ubisoft titles, some Capcom announcements, some release dates... Some reviews of an exclusive game that should have been coming, and much, much more. But before I get into all that, let me introduce you to myself. I'm Chris, your host for the day, alongside the man of many pixels, Mr. Richie. You know, I spent all morning just trying to catch up on all the gaming news. I feel like I'm like for the last like fortnight, if not longer, I've been just like out the loop with everything going on. Like pers- personally, we've been away. I've been away with work, so it's like, which is why I've actually. You know, I haven't been on any um, Helix Cloud Games live content in about a month at this point. That's terrible. We need to change that. We need yeah. to change that. We're going to do that today because we're back, folks. No pre-recorded content. This is all of us live. Like you said, Richie, I'm getting back to this the This is pre-recorded. Things. This is literally You know what I mean? Like we're recording it live for the people out yeah. there watching and listening along. Uh, of course, don't forget to click like, subscribe, and hit that bell so you're kept in the loop with all of the content we do as we get back into some sense of routine and normality here on the Heated Cloud Games channel. Uh, weekly live streams will resume this week as normal. We didn't have one this past week with both myself and Richie being away uh, with work-related things. We weren't actually at home able to record or capture or go live with anything. Adult life sometimes does get in the way as a gamer, as all of you wonderful folks are out there, but... As I said, we've got a great show. Uh, live streams will resume. Cloud Quest will get back. Well, still come out as per usual. Uh, but thank you to all the people who stay supporting us, who follow us on all channels. Uh, Twitter, of course, at Helix Cloud Games. Across all socials, we are there, Richie. We've got an amazing Discord, which has still been chatting away. That's been the great thing to actually see. In our absence whilst we've been busy, I've seen our Discord chat pop off with all the Summer Games Fest reveals, chatting about what their favourite game was, back and forward, about what might be coming, what might not be coming to Stadia. The fallout from Logo Gate 5.78, whatever rendition of that we're up to now. Uh, but we've got plenty to talk about. Can't wait to get into it. Got a fantastic show. So thank you again to everyone who's watching along at home. A special shout out to all of our Helix heroes, you wonderful folks who support us that little bit further by clicking join below. 99p, littlest support barrier you can possibly get into. You get content early, you get stickers, you get early access, all that bunch of fun stuff. Uh, but Richie, I want, I want a nice quick fast paced show today because we've got a lot to talk about we've got a lot to get through um i've not really been playing many games because of work i'm guessing you're the same this last week um yeah the only game i've been playing is legends arceus which i finally finished it was, i i jumped back in at that game after i finished um i think i finished ace and it was kind of the perfect game for that period this like mini period in my life where i've just had very little time because it was one of them. I can just jump in for half an hour here, half an hour there, an hour here. Mm-hmm. And because it's on my Switch, I, I like I chucked it in my bag when I went away with work for like three days. Yeah. So it was just the perfect game for that. But I've completed it. I have all the hundred. I have all the two hundred and forty-two Pokemon that available in that game. Wow! Got to catch them all. So, yeah, I caught them all. And you did. You did success. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well done. Uh, yeah, similar to me. I took my Razor Kishi with me with the intent to play stuff, and then. I just ended up watching Stranger Things, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and then any spare time I actually had away from where I was staying was like drinking too much alcohol once again. It was just Poland 2.0. It just continued on. And I'm thinking, I need to actually start. We had like, in the UK, so yeah, we had Poland, then we had the Queen's Jubilee uh, weekend, bank hold, four day bank holiday weekend, and then I was straight into this works event. So I don't have anything in the pipeline, I don't think. I want a nice piece. I want to go to the yeah. cinema, watch Jurassic World Dominion. 
chill at home, watch some TV, and not spend any money. <laughs> give me, give me some more pro games. Let me just play play those. I watched Chippendale, by the way. Oh, you did. What did you think? Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I it was a good it. movie, wasn't it? Not too long. Quite, quite. Not not too long. A nice light movie to have on in the background when you're doing something else. I enjoyed oh, that's it. Fantastic. Well, you heard it here, folks. You heard it here. Just like you will hear all of your news, Richie. Give us the rundown and introduce us to the the super sexy special stadia story segment, aka the, the news. news. The news, the news, the news. It keeps coming. Uh, as we said, we knew we were going to have some news, for better or for worse, Richie, this, this week, with Summer Games Fest happening. It was either going to be an amazing blowout list of games coming to the platform, or not. Which what I we think expected. We expected the lesser, which is why... Um, I don't think this year round I'm that bothered. I, yeah, I'm I, not as... I'm, I'm a little... I'm kind of generally a bit pessimistic with Stadia at the moment in general, but I'm not that... I'm not coming out of Summer Games Fest disappointed that there wasn't much for Stadia. Yeah. I'm a bit disappointed in Summer Games Fest's opening night, but that's nothing to do with Stadia. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. We didn't actually cover it on the channel, but due to the work commitments that we, we just mentioned, because uh, traditionally we would work, we would watch it along with Jeff King. We'd react with you guys in the we, chat and we'd have a chuckle about it and stuff. But yeah, I think we being detached from it. Yeah. yeah we were both I, in hotel rooms in different parts of the country. Yeah, and I, uh, I like, I only caught up with the news the day after, so I didn't have that kind of in the moment reaction. And actually, I felt like that's actually yeah. been well good because it's detached me from it. I'm not coming to this episode in some kind of preconception of a mood which I should have. But we'll get into all that. We'll get into all that. Uh, the first story of the week I kind of wanted to jump into. It was at Summer Games first, but um, reading from our good friends over at Stadia Source. Uh, Saints Row, the reboot, the reimagined one. Jeff Keighley was, of course, on the stage this past week talking about the imminent launch of Saints Row 2022. I guess that its title is just Saints Row. Uh, it launches on August 23rd. And out of nowhere, it appears to have been rated for Stadia by the ESRB people. Now, we will caveat this, ladies and gentlemen, that an ESRB rating does not necessarily mean the game is coming out on any particular platform. Uh, if you remember, Richie, we did have an ESRB rating long, long ago for the likes of Borderlands Mafia. 2 and and the <laughs> Handsome Jack collection and Mafia Definitive Collection, which we won't go into. We won't go into that right now. It's not the time or the place. But yeah, Jeff uh, came up on stage, showed up some more stuff about it. We didn't see a logo, uh, but a rating does usually go a little way to show that the developers slash publishers are reaching out to these rating boards to make sure that the game is covered to release on said platform. Well, from my understanding is the the publisher has to send a build of the game to the ratings platform on that platform um, in order to get a rating. So there is a version of Saints Row on Stadia or maybe it's on the massive stream. It, there is a version there on the, on the Stadia hardware. Ah, see. So my understanding of the ratings board is the developers are held accountable if they don't match. So they basically submit the description of the title and the build to them they don't there's no one actually who works at ESRB who plays the game and tests it it's if it comes yeah, back I, and turns out like there's a giant penis in it and they haven't disclosed that they'll get well, it's, fine it's, it's, it's wrong there's a giant penis oh, in this undoubtedly <laughs> but I'm saying like if they submitted a, a Ben 10 like if outright submitted oh, yeah. a child's game there's no one playing Ben 10 looking for giant penises in it they're literally yeah, I thought, <laughs> I thought them as part of the application they'd have to submit a build of the game even if the ratings board and going I mean that's the way if I was a ratings board even if I'm not checking out the ge- the actual build of the game I'd still want it Yeah. so if I dis- if I hear anything I can then look at it immediately without having to request and stuff 
See, I just don't think they've got that. They're not like qualified. To, they're not game testers. I think they are just a, a, like an Ofcom regulator who just yeah. holds them accountable if it does come out. So in the ESRB rating, to give some clarity, it says content descriptors, blood, nudity, sexual themes, strong language, use of drugs and violence, uh, interactive elements. That's where Stadia comes into it. So it's got PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Stadia, Series X and PS5. And the rating summary is, this is a third-person action game in which players follow the story of a criminal organization's rise to power in a fictional uh, city. Players explore an open-world environment, engaging in combat, etc., etc. So again, it, it, it goes a long way because there's someone out there, the publisher, getting it rated in case it was to launch. It kind of It's a weird one because it comes back to probably you and me and the rest of the community for Stadia in that, do we just expect... Like anything at all this year now we're what six six and a bit months into the year and we've got drip fed small indie games and all the titles well i'm now expecting Saint, i'm now expect expecting saints row and because we have the rating now i'm expecting it to be day and date now okay. do we know is this just the first time that it, the game was rated and stadia was part of it or is stadia being rated after the others? That's a very good question. I don't think news what? websites really cover ratings unless they're something right. new, which I think because Saints Row's had... It's, it's been due yeah. out on these platforms since day one. It was always going to come to PlayStation, Xbox and such, so it's well, not it's not got a rating for Switch. Hi- Let's go hypothetically then. Let's say yeah. it, it already had the ratings for PC, PlayStation, Xbox, mm-hmm. and then it's since been rated for Stadia. That just suggests to me that the... Stadia port is lagging behind the other builds yeah, a bit, which certainly. kind of makes sense in terms of how I'd assume their workflow goes. Yeah, but the fact that we've got this rating suggests to me that there is a build of the game working on Stadia to at least to I mean to a degree. We don't. It could be an absolute buggy mess, but there is a build of Saints Row on Stadia, and I would expect it in August alongside the others. That's yeah. Well, we we I mean we don't want to get speculative, but. The platform holders, the owners, leave us no choice when you cover it yeah. as a Stadia podcast and they give us no actual communication or whatsoever. But yeah, we, we said early on, we've had two Saints Rose games in the last year come out and go on pro as well. So there's a precedence for the titles and the developer working in tandem with uh, Google Stadia. Uh, Volition and, and Deep Silver, of course, part of THQ Nordic and the Embracer Group. Multiple games on the platform. We've just not seen anything new day and date in a long, long time. So we're kind of almost conditioned at this point to just expect the least. And then you won't be disappointed, as they say. If, you're, if you expect disappointment, Richie, you can't be disappointed, right? I mean, I think this could be a massive hit in Stadia, actually, because I know one of the biggest games, if you go into any like Facebook group or Reddit or Twitter and ask people what games they want to see come to Stadia, you can guarantee to be hit with Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Saints Row might scratch that itch for a lot of people. It might do. And it's, again, it's a whole reimagining. It's a reboot, so it's it's a good point to get in on the franchise if you've not played one before. And, yeah, that yeah. Gra- it literally is Grand Theft Auto re-embodied, so... Yeah, it's, it's, I've always took it as like if Grand Theft Auto was a bit more comical, a bit more slapstick. Mm-hmm. And that's saying a lot with yeah. GTA as well. Yeah. But we'll have to wait and find out. Uh, hopefully the, we can get some announcement because it, if arguably this will be the biggest game to drop on the platform this year. If it, yeah. does, if it does come out. Potentially Pandora could be bit, argued to be bigger than this. Yeah, I, I would say that, but we still don't know if that's got a concrete date for this year from Ubisoft yeah. yet. But uh, we'll surely hear about that when Ubisoft decide to get around to sharing some details on upcoming titles. But I'm excited for Saints Row. I do hope it comes. I'd like to kind of 
see the narrative change a little bit now if we can just get one tentpole title to look forward to. And if it does launch, it just goes back to why don't they just tell us? Like some like we're going to get into. Actually, we'll move into it. Story number two is Summer Games Fest happened. Jeff Keighley got up on stage. He did his thing. Everyone across the planet, everyone from the whole games industry, has got together in this kind of E3 time frame where E3 isn't a thing anymore. Jeff's doing his best to pull it all together. Of course, host of the Game Awards. He's trying to pull on all these strings that he's got, all these relationships he has in the industry to get out there and just sing praises of of the gaming world. And I think he does a fantastic job. Uh, Overall show aside, this is where these things get shown off. And for the second year, third year, third year in a row now? This will be the third. Oh, no, he didn't do one, did he? It's only existed for two years, if I'm right. Yeah, yeah. I think it was 2020. Well, yeah, 2020 happened. Lockdown happened. Everyone shut down. I don't think he did one in 2020 because that was like everyone went to lockdown, like the March. I don't think he'll have had time to pull something together. Everyone did their own thing through 2020. That's where we got Ubisoft forwards appearing. Stadia Connects, remember those? They were a thing back in 2020. And uh, yeah, everyone kind of had their own little things. PlayStation said they weren't going to be at E3 anyway. They started doing a state of play videos, which are, are keep coming out. Nintendo doing Nintendo. And then, yeah, 2021, I think we got the first one. We reacted to it on the... Yeah, we, we would have covered it on the channel. So yeah, we did last year's. Yeah, yeah. Then this year's. And for another year running... Disclosure before we even get into all the breakdown of the stories that came out of it. Stadia, no presence whatsoever again. And even though the Microsoft Xbox One is until a Sunday, so for clarity's sake, we're recording this on Saturday the 11th. And there is a Xbox yeah. showcase. Not that we cover Xbox really on the channel. However, there might be some third-party deals that come out. It, but It's why we won't be going into how our predictions went as well. Because we did our predictions episode of Cloud Quest covered the month of June rather than just the opening night. So yeah, we'll be dealing with that in July. A little bit of time, a little bit of time to go. But I think more importantly, we got a slew of announcements from ranging from AAA down to indie. Uh, we'll, we'll cover them anyway, because we are a gaming podcast too. And there will be always be speculation on some of these titles may or may not come to the platform. Uh, I very well hope that a lot of them do. There's there's no, nothing to say they can't, except for Google getting out there and making those relationships with the developers and publishers. And with low-key porting, Richie, you'd like to think this is going to make it faster. So, games listed, though. Jeff stood on stage, went through a few things. Um, what I'd like to do, probably, is just do a quick yes or no hit take, because there's so many things that were announced, Richie. If we think... I don't want to go no, 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 because realistically, they, they all could. They all it. have potential. But um, I watched Summer Games Fest after the fact. Um, you said yeah. you watched bits of it, you skipped through some I, of it, because it, overall it was quite a, it I, felt like a repetitive I'm go- affair. I'm going I'm going to be perfectly honest, I watched about an hour of it, and um, I was bored. I, I, usually uh, these sort of things, I like. I can just, I'm, oh my god, what's next, what's next? Mm-hmm. I was just generally a bit bored, so I just I switched it off, um, got on with my life, and then I just did, read, <laughs> read through all the different stuff and watched all the trailers independent. So, like, I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, there was a lot of repetitive stuff. There was, I mean, very, very sci-fi horror focused. Yeah, it's kind of when when uh, Breath of the Wild happened and then everything that followed was that kind of artistic, stylized choice of, of yeah. uh, color palette. But yeah, this one, it, by the time I'd seen, I think, three or four games that were set in space with horror elements... In yeah. first person, first, it was most of the first hour was that, and it's like mm. ah, just not not interested in these the, like things like Callisto Protocol looks like an amazing game that I'm not going to play. Yeah, 
Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by yeah. it. I'm glad they're getting ahead of Dead Space. But yeah, for me, it, what I really bugs me about these shows is when they show extensive gameplay. And the gameplay yeah. is just shooting, throw a grenade, move left, move right. And it's, Call I, of Duty. Could, I could be watching. Not, not, not in yeah. Call of Duty. There was a lot of games that showcased off that it felt it was just the same. I'm watching the same thing, but it's not fun. Watching gameplay isn't fun. That should be saved for a separate I, YouTube video to go live after the show. I think for me, for the perfect reveal trailer, we'll have elements of story and setting, but also a little bit of gameplay. So you kind of go, oh, I, I kind of get a gist of where you're going with that. But not, like, Call of Duty basically showed an entire level. Yeah. Was like, that I, the, I don't need to board. see the full level. Show me a bit of the combat. Mm. Show me a bit of how it's, I mean, it's Call of Duty. Like, it'll be the best expect, Call of Duty yeah. we've play, you've played. Yeah, so there were a lot of announcements to come out of it initially. Uh, starting up, uh, they launched the show with uh, Street Fighter Six. We saw that was launched. No Street Fighters previously on Stadia, Richie, coming from Capcom. So we have that yeah. we have that pre-existing relationship. We're, we're actually lacking fighters on, on Stadia right now. We've obviously got Mortal Kombat still. Street Fighter, it's no longer exclusive to PlayStation, this particular one. That has been confirmed by Capcom since. Um what do you think, Sega? Not Sega. Why not say Sega? Capcom. Capcom. What do you think, Street um, Fighter? I'm going to go with a yes, actually, on this because there's a story later in the show we'll get to that I don't want to really spoil too much. That shows the developing relationship of Capcom and Google. Mm. So I'm going to either go a yes, or de- I think we'll definitely see this in the massive stream. Right. Yep. In, in some fashion. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'm gonna just I'm gonna go with a yes. Okay. I want to be optimistic. I I, I I think it's possible. I think Google and Capcom are talking. Mm-hmm. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Indeed. Bring them all, of course. But oh yeah, this, bring this it. one. Bring is, everything. This one is more feasible. Uh, next up, we got Alien Dark Aliens Dark Descent. Sorry, I would say Alien. I don't think it's been a it's been a good while since they actually dropped a game with the S, the Aliens. Uh, but Aliens Dark Descent yeah. um, also announced. Uh, another spooky horror game. again. Sci-fi horror is the is the flavor of the month. It would appear. Um, then I mean, when it's the when the IP is alien, you can't really do much. That is else, true. But... Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't want a, a build a sitting, yeah. build, sitting building simulator with alien. <laughs> you building? I do. I mean, yeah, that would be awesome. That would be fun. But uh, you build a, sta- a space station. You got to look after it while aliens keep breaking yeah. down, uh, destroying stuff. Uh, we got another look at the Callisto Protocol, which is the kind of spiritual successor to Dead Space. Ironically, coming out just a few months before the Dead Space remake. So, I think clever timing for them getting ahead of the curve because I'm sure if they came yeah. after Dead Space, they might have just. You kind of missed your window a little bit there. So, but yeah, loads yeah. of aliens on a spaceship, loads of uh, mood um, lighting and stuff being hunted down. Very, very I, Dead Space. I've heard other people make this um, take as well, and I completely agree. I think one of the problems with Callisto Protocol here was that it being already shown at um, PlayStation State of Play a couple of days earlier. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm watching this again. Yeah, we're back here again. And I, I get the same feeling for yeah. Call of Duty. Call of Duty always has its presence every year at something. It's nice to see because it is one of the it's, it's the highest AAA quality you could possibly get out of a shooter. Yeah. Uh, Modern Warfare 2, we're going back to the remaster. I, I feel like I got my fill of that when I played it as a teenager or when it early 20s, back when it, it came out. It's a new game, isn't it? This modern warfare, uh, or is it actually? It's like a reimagining remake, remake yeah. whatever it's called. Because they did modern warfare last time round. Yeah, I know uh, they did, they've done a lot of stuff where they've expanded on like the cat, the cast, or some of the characters that came in in later games. Yeah, they've basically been reconned into the early ones. Mm. 
Which it's interesting. Which to is see. cool. It is, yeah. It's um, interesting. To see. And of course, Modern Warfare Two, arguably the best one of all of Call of Duty ever. Yeah. So let's do it. Although the no Russian level, I think, in today's world might be a bit more troublesome. But less about that. Uh, yeah. A few games flashback to just to quickly skim through them. Uh, Witchfire. Uh, a little bit more medieval uh, take on the kind of... Uh, reminded me, actually, of Deathloop. <laughs> Deathloop. It reminded me... A lot of the games, I said to you before the show, a lot of these games look like, these guys like Doom. Mm. Yeah, just take Doom I mean, and put it Witchfire in a different environment. Does, if you are a fan of Doom, I think you absolutely love Witchfire by the looks of it. Mm-hmm. Skyrim like, slash Doom? Um, I don't know. I didn't really get much in terms of Skyrim. I got very, very Doom. I mm-hmm. Like the way it moves, how fast it is. Yeah, there's there's a few more abilities and stuff. I just meant Skyrim um, for the aesthetic but, of its oh, fantasy world instead. Oh no, it's 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 like more oh, something like Diablo or something mm. in terms of the aesthetic, in terms of the setting. They're like, very like gothic fantasy rather than like well, Skyrim's like kind of high fantasy. Yeah, um, we got more of Fort Solace. Uh, which is a new game with Troy Baker and Roger Clark, who's the mocap guy for Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption 2. They're working together. Uh, brand new first game from this company. Again, more space, more space, more horror. It, yeah. It's sad to blur into one after a little while. Um, we got an update on Outriders World Slayer with some co-op uh, action being showcased off and how you can work together. Um, Fall Guys content, which again we know is is in coming stadium anytime soon. Tim Sweeney made that very clear a few weeks ago when it came to they offered it to Google and they didn't want to pay out for it. Um, it kept going through a few more things. And what I did really enjoy was the tease for uh, Goat Simulator Three. I don't know if you saw that, Richie, but they actually used uh, it was yeah. the trailer for Dead Island. Oh, brilliant. And it was almost watching it thinking, they're not just showing the same trailer for Dead Island that they showed like seven years ago, are they? And they absolutely caught I, I need, everyone out. What I want to do is, I want to find a YouTube video where, like, it has them, like the two trailers side by side, like, so you can like see in live terms the differences between them because it's a fantastic trailer. Yeah, well, and actually, did you say Goat Simulator Two? No, Three. Yeah, it's Three, but Goat Simulator Two doesn't exist. Yeah, it's it's popped up with Three, and everyone was going, "Oh, was there a Two? There must have been. There must have been." And yeah, there. They're leaning into what it is, because let's face it, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a game about simulating goats, so you got to have a bit of fun with that, right? Yeah. you got to have a bit of fun with that. So it yeah. is fun. It's a fun game. It is. It's, it's just that fun. Now, we do have some simulator games on Stadia. Uh, we've got Farming Simulator 22 is the more recent one we've got. And it's, it's, what do you think of this? I think this is a big one that probably would come. It seems, strikes me as a Stadia-esque game. Not AAA. Yeah, I can see it. I could see it coming, and maybe you stick Goat Simulator One as a pro game. All right, so like just a double hit. Yeah, I could see it as a double hit. Similar to it, interesting. Although like, I don't think I've I don't think I've ever got that prediction on a double hit right, but yeah, <laughs> it still makes sense. Yeah, still makes sense. Um, <laughs> we got another look into Marvel's Midnight Suns. They got an official kind of launch reveal trailer. Seventh of October, that one is coming as well. So uh, that's one of the titles that. We kind of hope we're going to see, but as time goes on, we don't get any logos or anything for it. It's from, is, from Praxis. This game is screaming for getting actual gameplay reveal because all we're all we're seeing rate largely is CG, C- CGI cutscenes, and it's like you've sold me on the kind of the IP of this. Mm-hmm. I want to see what the game is. Yeah, like how does it actually play out? 
Yeah, there's loads, so of, loads of stuff like that. Um, we then moved on to just some more more action from games. We got Neon White was revealed, but again, apologies for any views I listed out there. But none of this had Stadia logos on it at all. There was no mention yeah. of it. Um, the biggest one for me that I'm still kind of hoping out for is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Uh, purely because it comes from uh, Dotemu, who were the ones who put out the they work with Way Forward uh, and brought us the Streets of Rage. Was it Streets of Rage? Am I thinking that's right now? They've got a title on the platform already in this kind of art style. And I think we've said in the past that this game looks gorgeous. It's getting really good at kind of early previews. Uh, I love a bit of Ninja Turtles action, and especially in the, in the vein of Streets of Rage, just with Tales. It's up to six player as well, Richie. Which is very interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure if we've got a six-player version on Stadia right now. No, that's, of anything. games like that tend to go up to four players at, at most. Just need to check who Dotemu is. Uh, what's your history with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I very little. Very I watched little. bits of it as a kid, but you know when it's like, oh, as, when something comes on as a kid, you enjoy it, but you don't really, you, you don't have a clue really what's going on. Invest yeah. you, you're not invested in the same way as I would as an adult. But yeah. I remember enjoying stuff like, but yeah. I, I, don't I, really I was. Have. Yeah. I was right. It was Streets of Rage Four was what they did, and also Windjammers. Which what funny back to Story in One. It was rated Windjammers Two for Stadia Wind, ages ago. Windjammers was announced before the launch of Stadia. Damn, and it's still, still just waiting. It did come out a few months ago on console, if I recall. Um, yeah. Was it the beginning of the year it came out? Well, I, I remember actually. Um, or before we actually did podcast ourselves i was watching um kind of candy funny games daily i think um jared petty was still on on the show at the time who then actually went to work for stadia since mm. left yeah and he got excited by wind jammers and that was i think before the reveal of stadia so yeah so he left went to work for them has since left working for them yeah. in the game we still don't know we still don't know um but of all things compressed down we did see one thing to come out of Summer Games Fest with a Stadia logo on it, Richie, and that was Humankind, uh, which is kind of a double hit story here because yeah, we got <laughs> Humankind. It, they they announced that it was going to get a console version, so it's good to see that the game is expanding. We're going to see it on console. Um, they gave a couple of updates um, relating to the game and how they're going to expand it. Of course, uh, Humankind build up it kind of like Civilization, build up your human history through the ages into modern and space age times uh, they revealed it was coming to console and also the cultures of latin america which is out now except for richie except for it's stadia. not on stadia uh they've updated with cultures uh bolivar update they mentioned is there uh, mississippians you can now play as uh, but yes, Cultures of Latin America, on top of the improvements from the other updates, they're releasing Cultures of Latin America. Uh, the pack is available now on Steam, Epic, and Microsoft Store, bringing you six new cultures, two new cultural wonders, and four new natural wonders uh, to the world alongside the console release. However, yes, it's not available on Stadia. Uh, I've reached out to them on Twitter to find out where it's at, but once again, it looks like it's going to be a little bit later. But it did have a logo, so we should say there was one logo at Summer Games Fest for Google Stadia, the cloud gaming platform backed by a multi-billion dollar corporation. Uh, at the Summer Games Fest celebrating the industry, the games industry as a whole, you managed one logo. Well done. Well done. Uh, and that's kind of a summary, Richie, on Summer Games Fest. There's a couple of more little announcements. Um, we won't go into them all. Uh, I, I think 
in summary, because there was there was also uh, Indie Day of the Devs, which showed off loads of smaller titles, which we've seen little bits of before. We've covered little bits of them on the show. We've discussed them. Things like Choo Choo Charles, the horror game where it's a giant spider train chasing you through an island. I think, I think Planet of Lana looks pretty cool. Yeah, Planet of Lana was one of the ones that I saw and thought, yeah. oh, that could definitely make its way across. But rather than sit here and go through all of these particular games yeah. uh, go check them out yourselves guys go watch it go watch all the trailers and the breakdown um, but I just I, I can't help but think in summary another Summer Games Fest has came and went and yeah. Google Stadia just not showing up and I think that leans into some of our latest stories which you referenced about immersive stream, streaming the games which I just get the feeling that they're just out of this game now yeah, I mean, I've been saying for a little while that I think what's Google need to come out and show some backing for Stadia, but I think from some when you hear some Google employees talk and the way they act, they see Stadia as just one use case of a massive stream for games, and it's a massive stream for games is what the product is for them mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that because yeah. in, if you're coming around like they're nearly at the third year. As, as we come around to November and Stadia turns three, I really felt early doors we would be at this point now when I can watch an indie showcase. So not even AAA. We're not talking millions and millions being spent here. I'm talking a list of small developers, sometimes one or two individuals, who you could go to with a little checkbook and just say, how much, how, a couple thousand pounds to port your game across. We've got great porting tools now. We've, we've ironed out the creases in terms of getting games from Windows over to Linux and, and vice versa. And all these games are just like coming to Steam and Epic, coming to Steam and Epic, coming to Steam, Epic and Windows, Xbox, PlayStation. Why do I feel like we're not getting any of them and we're nearly in year three now? It's it's kind of a, a sad state of affairs, in all honesty. It is. It's a shame, but it's this is what the last like two, three years have been for Stadia. It's been... like. I don't expect to see... If Stadia could announce a Stadia Connect tomorrow, I still wouldn't expect to see any games coming to Stadia. Within the Connect. <laughs> yeah. Great news, we've got our first Connect in two years. No Stadia logo on it. <laughs> but it's just... What I'm doing when I'm looking through this list on uh, Eurogame, which has all the announcements for indie titles, Like they look like some cute, awesome pixel art style, fun ones. There's a game called Bear and Breakfast where you literally run a and b as a bear. That's hilarious, that sounds, but yeah. that sounds like something that I'm, it's going to be a pro game in two years' time, rather than just coming out in July alongside everything else. Yeah, Switch, Steam. I mean, we've covered logo get loads of times, but ultimately, like having your logo there lets people know the game's coming and gets people excited for your platform. Mm-hmm. If your logo's not there and other platforms' logo logos are, then people, if you go, oh, I like the look of that game. Where is it? Oh, it's not on Stadia. I'll buy it on PlayStation. So yeah. you just look, you shoot yourself in the foot by not having your logo on things if they are coming. That's the thing because we don't know. Like, yeah, we really don't. Uh, but that's kind of wrapping up on Summer Games Fest. Uh, we wish we do wish we had much more to talk about. I'd love to sit here and say all seven, eight AAA games that were shown off are coming day and date, but we're not even, quite there yet. Even one guaranteed. Yeah. Just one one yeah. thing for the future, but uh, we won't wrestle too much because we've got too much news to talk about. Uh, moving on then, story number three of the week. Uh, we go back, funny enough, to dip into the pot of some older titles. Uh, Richie Zorro, The Chronicles of Zorro. We've not actually discussed it yeah. that much at all because it kind of got been radio silent for 11 months. 
And uh, Nakon have picked up publishing rights for the game. Now, we discussed Nakon uh, two weeks back regarding the Gollum game. So I think it's probably yes. safe to assume that it might not be Gollum after all that they're parting across with these low-parting tools. It might just be the long-awaited Chronicles of Zorro um, TV. I, I, I agree it's probably more likely, but it, it depends on the time timing of this because if Nakon have only just picked it up, then any deal they had with Stadia would have predated this purchase. I did think that, but then the pace in which things usually happen and come out, it feels like they would just pin this on yeah. low porting tools. Like The game's but been I... sat there ready to go for a year now, and then now it's happened. And there's just go, no oh. one... Yeah, and the, the story will be, we gave them the tools in March, they're able to bring it over in, in uh, June time. It's a great two-month turnaround, when really the game probably should have came out months ago. Yeah, this it just seems one that's just been stuck in limbo while the developers are looking for someone who's willing to put the money to like yeah. actually publish the game. Like half the work was done, and for whatever reason, prior, priorities changed, or funding changed, or teams changed. Similar to the Mafia games, I genuinely think we should have had the Mafia games like nearly a year and a half ago. But due to oh. stuff going on at Hangar Thirteen and funding from Stadia, or maybe sales of Mafia Three on the platform, and and. Just some kind of there's been a breakdown somewhere, and no one will take ownership and turn around and say this is what's happened. So, yeah, who knows? But either way, Zorro Chronicles picked up publishing deals. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a pro game for next month. Yeah, probably. Um, it's, it's actually got sorry, it's got actually got a release date of June, so it should be out by the end of this month. So yeah. it maybe go pro at the start of July. Or... I mean, it was announced for Stadia and an actual announcement as well um, in March. 2019 uh, oh, of course it was on the blog right yeah yeah it's an, uh, so it's just been probably sat, sat there I actually totally forgot it was part of a blog post which just shows to it just highlights the state of affairs when you announce something on your official blog post and it's still not out within if you're going to put something on a blog post it should be out within three months if you don't have a concrete date it should be out imminent but then yeah. again, didn't we joke about Far Cry 4 and Primal? They also had a blog post oh, yeah. on their own. And then when we when we covered the story for Blood Dragon a few weeks ago, we actually realised that there was an official blog post like well over a year and a half past for Blood, uh, Primal and 4, and they're still not out. But either way, moving on, next story of the week. World War Z Aftermath has some positive news. Uh, the launch, of course, came out on Google Stadia a few months back now. Uh, fantastic game. We've had a great time uh, watching along, playing along with you fine folks out there, killing those hordes of zombies. Uh, they tweeted out this week from their official account, uh, giving out some updates. Uh, update number one, uh, a quality of life update is going to introduce cross-platform voice chat, cross-save, and various technical improvements uh, planned for release in July. So that's not for Stadia, that's the game in general, which I hear you say, Chris, but Stadia doesn't have crossplay. Remember everyone kicking off. You yourself was not happy that crossplay was promoted, advertised yeah. by the devs yeah. and Stadia. Play with well, millions I'd of Chris players. Needs, I'd say Chris needs to wait for point number three then. Point number three. Uh, two, though, Horde Mode, Extra Large, and the next gen launch are planned by release at the end of summer. So they're pushing for PS5, Series X, and PC. And then the third point, which is the best bit for Stadia players, we plan to deliver an update with crossplay and the cut and mend update, and we'll have more news on timing as soon as we can. So everyone, you can rejoice. World War Z, which is great. We've had a fantastic time playing with members of the community, but I know you people out there have 
struggled at some point to find friends and actually get on board with because the game didn't come with crossplay. Even though it was promised and it launched the promotional launch material, we had a good laugh about it, Richie. Remember, joined yeah. millions of players in World War Z, and everyone was going, "There aren't millions of players because it's not crossplay." And the description said it was, and they since removed it. We have a little chuckle, but with all due respect, it's coming, Richie. Finally, finally coming. Uh, I think it'll be a big boon for this game because it is a really, really fun title. It just yeah. did it. As with all games that launch with multiplayer on Stadia, if they don't have crossplay, the player base. Is just not big enough to support that title. Yeah, for me, I think Crossbay, not just in Stadia, just needs to be an industry standard for multiplayer games now. Yeah, I, it, I, I think we are at a point now where if your game doesn't have, if your multiplayer game it doesn't have crossplay, why? Like that, it should be the standard. Like it should. Yeah. It should. It opens the door to many, many more people, and hopefully, it will be the standard. But what I do take away from this as well is uh, Focus Entertainment, who were publishing the game. I still have my fingers crossed that we still see Plague Tale, because they're Focus Entertainment as well. We've got the sequel, Requiem, coming out later this year. We still haven't got a date. Funnily enough, it wasn't at Summer Games Fest, which was one of my predictions. Um, I do think that means it will it be a shoo-in. It was one the... of my predictions. Oh, it was, was your prediction. Sorry, yeah. you might have got in there before me. It's one of our predictions then. Uh, I do yeah. think that means it's an absolute dead set for the Xbox showcase instead of the Yeah, Xbox yeah, I think that's where I... I think if memory serves, I think that's why I said I would expect it. But I didn't put that Xbox as part of the prediction, mm. but I think that is where I was expecting yeah. it to ha- to be. But Focus Entertainment, and we haven't we haven't seen that yet. So yeah, do it because uh, Luna has the original title, so it's in the cloud, albeit on yeah. Windows. So fingers crossed, it'd be another great, it'd be a lovely pro game to get for next month, maybe any month we'll yeah. see um moving on to the next story of the week resident evil village has gone full-on on a massive stream so as part of the kind of slew of announcements we had this week from capcom across the playstation state of play event and summer games fest uh, starting today you can stream a free demo of resident evil village from capcom's very own website uh, with no need of a fancy gaming pc xbox or playstation the demo is similar to that that's available on other platforms the difference here is it allows players to explore parts of the village and the castle without the need of a console or logging in uh, this appetizer is for one of last year's biggest selling games in the form of Resident Evil Village, and it's powered by immersive stream for games, which is essentially the white-labeled version of the Stadia tech that we all know so well. Uh, Richie, it's out there. Yeah. They're promoting it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, interesting enough, as always, how all the journalists out there in the games industry pick up on the story as totally different when it's nothing directly linked to Stadia. It's like a positive thing. You can play one of the biggest games of the year now on any device through Capcom's website. That's awesome. But if this was a yeah. article, I always feel like if there's an article that was specific launching a game, it either wouldn't get the traction or they wouldn't talk about it or they'd criticise them closing Stadia Games and Entertainment again. Yeah, they'll shoehorn a criticism of Stadia Games and Entertainment closure into an article that has nothing to do with it. But I mean, I think this is it's an interesting thing. I mean, it is the, de- the, the entire demo that mm-hmm. you can play on Stadia is just there. I've, just, I've literally just jumped into the game. Like why would why we're talking? It's like it even does like when you go in, you know, and say when you launch a game, does that zoom in on the like thumbnail? Oh yeah, like the slow. Pan. It's straight up Stadia, like yeah. Which which no surprise, um, no surprise. Yeah, uh, it's available but, across many countries: the United States, UK, Canada, France, Italy, all of Europe, um, Czech Republic, Slovakia, etc. This might be. Um, the, 
Capcom's first step. This is why I actually think Street. This is what I was alluding to earlier when I said mm-hmm. I think Street Fighter might come. Um, what I, I mean, with this is the demo. If they could put a Street Fighter demo similar to this and immersive stream, this could be Capcom's first step into having their game library all in the cloud, just playable f- via their website yeah. and potentially down the line an app on your phone, yeah, or on your smart TV, etc. Yeah, that might. This is something we have we've talked about with immersive stream before. This might be the way like a lot of publishers do goes. Like, well, I think we focus on things like Disney and Ubisoft, but Capcom, like, yeah, why not? Well, just just anyone who brings money in, we know Stadia pivoted towards this kind of business structure. They're hoping to bring money in from deals such as this one, and if 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 they bring the games alongside them, I'm all for it. We've we've criticized them before again for things like Arkham Asylum. Uh, Arkham City, Arkham Knight. Which one was it? Arkham Knight. Uh, yeah, Arkham I think so. Knight. Yeah, sorry. The Engadget thing says Arkham Asylum last October, but it wasn't Asylum. Because um, our friend Brian, Brian Chappelle from the Nerf Report, reached out to Stadia and said, "Congratulations on the launch of Immersive Streams. What does this mean for us still using the Stadia platform? Uh, if developers launch games on their own service through uh, Immersive Stream games, does that mean they'll eventually come to Stadia as well? Which is kind of what we've." thought ever since the AT&T deal with Batman Arkham Knight is that if the games are launching through these independent web links they're running on the tech already so bring them across a la carte to Stadia and for the first time Richie in what feels like an eternity they actually replied with something that wasn't a generic message I know this was weird I was was surprised when I read this like what they're actually giving a straight answer here I mean, who who gave who gave the for, intern but... access to the Twitter account for this weekend? Because yeah. they've gone on and clearly answered something that would normally be, "Thanks for your interest, Brian. Please keep locked to our social media feeds for news and updates regarding the Stadia platform." Boring, generic PR. Here we are, though. And Stadia replied, and sorry, they didn't just reply; they retweeted Brian's question, like embedded it in which yeah. which is even even bigger because then more eyes get on the question at hand uh, they replied saying hey brian thanks for the question the specific answer will always be up to our partners some are interested in a direct relationship with players some want to take advantage of the distribution opportunity they have with stadia and some like capcom are doing both so we've seen again another reason why i think street fighter might be coming yeah, Capcom see the value in it. Um, again, it's interesting how it says some are interested in a direct relationship with players. Uh, what is what is kind of reading between the lines? Interesting again is they say a distribution distribution opportunity they have with Stadia. They didn't say a massive stream yeah. with games, and this is where the lines are getting a bit blurred. Where yeah, in Stadia's that- own blog post, Google's own blog post, sorry. They said Stadia was powered by a massive stream games, and last week we laughed our Which heads off and saying yes, but. You're acting as though immersive stream for games came before Stadia, and it it didn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's interesting. I think the direct stuff is the immersive stream for games. It's what we're seeing from the Resident Evil um, demo. It's what we're seeing from Bat from Batman, and the Stadia distribution is well, obviously, goes with that. What I don't understand is if you've already put the effort in to port the game hmm. to the hardware so that it can run... So it is... So it's, take it's Batman, for example. If they, yeah. it's, it's there. It's on the platform. It's just gone through a mess of stream for game and it's not a part of the Stadia library. Yeah. If you have put that effort in, unless... I suppose Batman's a bad example because they're doing that as a... 
a sweeten the deal. This is why you should use AT and T as your phone carrier. Mm-hmm. But if you were just if they weren't, if it was just AT and T lodging a game storefront, I don't know why you wouldn't put it on Stadia. Yeah, and this is where the hard work is already done. Yeah, and this is where we're almost seeing the rise of demos again. PlayStation are doing you get free demo trials in the top tier of PlayStation Plus. It's like, dude, demos used to be free when we were kids. We used to get them in like magazines and stuff to play, yeah. and then now they're like some it's, exclusive thing only the top paid members get access to. It's not demos going from the PlayStation blog because I've already got that open for an episode of Cloud Crush. Right. It's time limited game trials on blockbuster titles. I'm taking this as kind of early access stuff rather yeah. than rather than demo. But I know, for get, I know that's for PlayStation. Microsoft though. this week again said they want to bring demos. Like, why can't you play a slice of a game to get a taste for it? And uh, this is kind of that because embodied it's difficult to produce yeah, without the con- without the console or hardware requirements. So my still my only lasting concern with these stories is it's great. I love the fact that. I'm over the fact that it, it doesn't mean we're getting games. What I don't want to do is look back in a year's time and see, oh, there's Saints Row through a Mercer stream for games. Play Saints Row as a customer for a Vodafone in the UK. Oh, if you're a Verizon customer in the States, you can play Street Fighter Demo. And all of these AAA titles start getting their own incl- exclusive I, links, but none of them are on Stadia. The f- thing is, as much of a gamer as I am, if my phone carrier was going, oh, you can go- join... Take it on your contract with us, and you can play this game for free as part of your contract. I was like, no, I'm not interested. I just don't really. In, I'm just not interested in that sort of distribution method. However, something like Capcom, what Capcom are doing, where I can okay, you can play the demo mm-hmm. of Resident Evil on, on through their website. So if you're interested in Resident Evil, you can go to Capcom's website. You can jump in. You can play the de- the demo version of Resident Evil Village, and if you like it, then you can go buy the game wherever you want to buy it. Yeah. But the game that is I like. There. The game is and in the there. future, I think you'll get the full game in there as well. We just need but to see it. We it's an interesting thing it. Capcom have done there. Going, you know what? We're going to port the demo. Yeah. First. Indeed. Agreed. Uh, you know what I would like to see though, Richie, of all of this news from Resident Evil Village and and beta business propositions. Where's Ari Verse still? Because it's getting a bit longer. I'm pretty sure we're almost a year to the day since Village launched. So. Soon. I, hopefully soon. I don't know. Hopefully soon. <laughs> anyway, hopefully they'll deliver us that one day, Richie. But moving on to the next story about deliveries. Uh, deliver us the Mars. Deliver us the Mars. <laughs> deliver us the Mars. Is coming September 27th. It got a launch date revealed via a gameplay trailer. Uh, not at Summer Games Fest, funny enough. It was just its own standalone thing. Um, Reading from Gamatsu, Deliver Us Mars will launch for PlayStation 5, Series X, PS4, Xbox One, PC via Steam <coughs> and Epic Game Store from Keoken Interactive. Uh, we now have Deliver Us The Moon, of course. It was one of your delayed pro games that launched this month. I did a first look up available on the channel right now. Deliver Us The Mars is the sequel where it looks like Earth's problems have continued, but we're heading to the Martian outpost to go through more puzzles, more crazy space adventures with our little robot uh, in a zero-gravity environment. And this brings us back to another odd point we've had with a lot of games in 2021 and now into 2022, Richie. Sequel to a recently released game on the platform, and it's even gone pro, very similar to our Saints Row conversation. September 27th this comes out, and yet when you're not seeing a Stadia logo or announcement of any kind from the developers, the Twitter accounts, Stadia... It's coming in at a cheaper price. It's twenty nine ninety nine UK pounds, thirty four ninety nine dollars, thirty four ninety nine euros. 
pre-orders that's are available. PC. Yeah, yeah. That's the PC Dulux edition. Um, the base version is twenty four ninety. It's also even cheaper. And pre-orders available now across multiple platforms. Where are we? Do we think it's? I think this is going to be another one of them really awkward misses when September comes and rolls by, and we just don't see it. I'm worried for that, but it makes you wonder because they, like Stadia, have had a conversation about, and um, de- at least delivers the moon with Kyle oh. Ken interactive yeah, about the delay and everything else. Well, no, it's just about bringing the game right right from the start, and this game will have been in development at that point. So Stadia will have been known about Deliver Us Mars yeah. before the game was announced. Mm-hmm. So why isn't that... So, and they've made the decision, we're going to bring us Deliver Us the Moon, and then... I, the only thing I can think of is they want to see how Deliver Us the Moon does first before they commit to the money to bring Deliver Us Mars. Yeah. So they've committed to deliver the moon, committed to going pro. They'll see how it does in terms of its the pro revenue. Mm-hmm. And I think if it hits a probably threshold, I'd assume that what well, if it hits a certain threshold, then the deal will be triggered. Yeah, and it might might not have hit that point yet, which is why we're not see, seeing logos. Although this could be how a logo gate actually happens sometimes. Like now, the game's launched. If Stadia hadn't confirmed the deal because they wait and see how Deliverers the Moon did. Mm-hmm. Delivers the Mars is now announced. It's got all the logos of the places that are confirmed, and the stadium isn't among it, even though it could already be coming to the stadium at this point. Yeah. But and this is the kind of these are the creases that they should have they should be ironing out and should have ironed out over two and a half years of being live in the public forum. They yeah. again we're going into the third year come November. I think it's just limited. I think it's I assume that all the guys at um, Stadia want want to be able to just go you know what bring bring just bring both yeah it's probably limited budget mm-hmm. so they haven't to be a bit more picky with what how they spend that budget and i don't necessarily think picky, they're doing a great picky. job well uh, the, if you're going to have one of deliverers mars and deliverers the moon you're going for deliverers mars in my opinion yes yeah, it's the new title yeah, exactly and um, it's an interesting one i'm still waiting for that moment where like Google have to have some kind of yearly review or financial check, or like they have to speak at some point. The silence can't keep going ever onward because you can't. You can't. It has to. Something has to give at some point, doesn't it? And I'm waiting for that day that you and me are just going to like a random Wednesday night, and we're going to open up our Discord because someone's shared a link in there, or we're going to go on Twitter, and there has to be like a, a a big change somewhere, whether that's with leadership or branding, marketing announcement there's something just some kind of energy needs to happen so at some point it has to it has to right richie you can't just go on silently plotting away for several years i think it's already happened i think the google doubling down on immersive screen for games is that's what that was the thing it's that was the thing stadia is now viewed as a use case of immersive screen for games Mm -hmm. so as long as the as long as it's in profit It'll keep going, hmm. but because immersive stream for games, most of the money they're probably looking for the servers will be coming from places like Capcom, like AT and T, yeah, like who, whoever else they got in 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 the works, yeah. So I think the porting the porting money for games coming to Stadia, unless it's not coming from the immersive stream as well side, mm-hmm. will largely be down for mainly down to the Stadia team to generate themselves. 
Well, I, it's not. It's a bleak future for Stadia, if I'm right. But that's where everything that's happening seems to be pointing that's in the right direction. That's where all roads have led right now. Uh, just like yeah. in an alternative universe, we would have had the quarry launched this past week on the platform. Of course, uh, Supermassive Games made an exclusive deal with the Google Stadia team way, way back when. Announced back in maybe 2019, possibly start of 2020 as part of one of the Kinect uh, events that we love so well. They got up on stage, announced all of their partners. Splash Damage, we've seen Outcasters, a bunch of other little things. Uh, Harmonix, we're still expecting like a musical game from Harmonix at some point, we think, maybe, probably not. I think that was cancelled. I think that's done. I think yeah. so, yeah. Uh, but The Quarry finally did come out. Of course, new publishing partner is in the form of 2K, and uh, it's getting quite good reviews. The horror game, kind of a spiritual success to Until Dawn, featuring a stellar cast, fantastic mocap, and multiple choices, if anyone's ever played a supermassive game of Holly, Man of Medan, those kind of titles. Uh, reading from a few reviews for a world that could have been Richie, uh, GameSpot, 90 out of 100. Supermassive doesn't shy away from the fact that the quarry is essentially an interactive movie. The mechanics haven't evolved since Until Dawn was released seven years ago, and that's perfectly fine. The basic system of choice and consequence is still highly effective at building suspense and lending a massive amount of weight to each decision you make. Game Informer gave it 8.5 out of 10. Destructoid, 8.5 out of 10. The Gamer, 80 out of 10. PC Gamer, 70 out of 10. Games Radar, 60 out of 10 etc etc but collectively yeah. i think this is a game probably sitting around the eight out of ten it's, mark it would have yeah been. as it stands it's currently at a 79 metacritic this is the pc version as well the other versions of the game don't have any review scores so my assumption is the critics just got the pc build um well they, yeah, didn't, they didn't get the stadia build richie yeah, it's it's mainly ranging ranging from sevens to nines like ign given a 70 PC Gamer, give it a 70, but then you've got like... A couple of nines. Uh, yeah, you've got a couple of nines. So, even some ten, Game Grin, I haven't, admittedly haven't heard of them, give them a 10. Well, 100 Metacritic. But. Ooh, that's very so it, it, it's, an eight, it's an 8 out of 10 game, which is very... It's basically where I expected a yeah. good, super massive game to land. Yeah, exactly the same. I don't think... I don't think it'd be... I think the style of game it is would be very difficult to push into that 9 or 10 overall. Because as I said, as a, what was a game? Gameswat said it is basically an interactive movie. Yeah. So to push into the nine ten category, I think there's a lot of review critics might go. It's not a game. It's not gamey enough to get that high. To get that high, but it seems good. It does and it's uh, again, it's just another thing that could have been like we could have been sat here this summer and the quarry could have been an exclusive stadia tile. Arguably their best and yeah. biggest to date. If they'd have yeah, followed through on whatever it was supposed to look like originally. I've, I've probably said it before, but my assumption is games like this and Harmon- the game where the harmonics was working on probably basically got released when Stadia Games and Entertainment closed. Yeah. So they've had to go find new publishers. Yeah, just rip up the contract. Um, but uh, good boon for 2K. It's kind of another outlet that they don't really have in their wheelhouse in terms of the horror games. Great for Supermassive. Uh, I don't know how they kind of churn out these 10 games in the Dark Pictures anthology and keep also have time to go make a unique standalone title too. Well, I'd argue the Dark Pictures Anthology just kind of went under the radar a lot. It was kind of Until Dawn was like, got a lot of attention. Dark Pictures Anthology was just kind of, I think, probably overlooked. I mean, I completely forgot it was a thing for long periods of time. And then the quarry's kind of back up there with Until Dawn in terms of like mindshare. 
I, I'm not sure, that, you know, because I think every time they release, remember the Dark Pictures anthology is like multiple games, like Man and Medan, Little Hope, Last Hope, or whatever it was called. Like they get this I, boost every, I don't know, six months when they bring out a, a title in that series. It keeps the me- thing is, you, you're naming these games, and I just can't, I can't remember hearing of them. I remember it just at the just time, passed me by. I think Man, was it Man yeah. and Medan or the Last Hope? There was one of them that beat. Oh, what was the PlayStation? There was a PlayStation exclusive that came out, and. It wasn't even in the top ten charts, but the Dark Pictures anthology was up at like number two or three. So just to show you the difference in quality, but yeah, again, I'd rather just put a one quality game every few years, like most traditional ones. They're trying this different approach to kind of I don't know to bring money in maybe or, or whatever because money is ever important. But well, either way, the think, quarry isn't out on the platform. If you think about really. like the, the finances of, of it, if you bring out one pro, one game every three years, you have a massive spike in sales. And they'll fall off to basically nothing for like two and a half years. Mm-hmm. But if you bring out a smaller title every six months, it's a bit more stable in terms of revenue. So it's probably a bit easier and from the business side mm. to bring out small, smaller titles. But yeah, House of Ashes, Little Hope, and Man of Medan are three of the. I'm pretty sure they said eight <laughs> originally. Yeah, which is crazy. But uh, hey, keep doing your thing. Keep doing your thing, and. Uh, Maybe one day we'll see the quarry on Stadia. But until that day, Richie, we'll move on to the next story. Uh, the Embracer Group, the massive company, of course, that we've discussed many times, is a potential suitor for Stadia to purchase if they wanted to get back into the studios uh, game. Of course, they own many, many IP. Just recently purchased Tomb Raider. Uh, they have uh, sold 8.1% shares in their company to none other than Saudi Arabia Investment Group. Uh, similar to a lot of stuff, it's the. Is it the same people who own Newcastle United, Richie? The public, the public investment, yeah. Saudi Arabia public investment fund, yeah. So, the the football club both you and me support is now also eight percent shareholders in Embracer so, Group, which is such a weird. So now we need to come up with. So now we've had we've had sports washing. Now we have game washing. Let's buy games. Let's buy buy into things that people love to hide the fact that we're horrible people. It's such a weird... I mean, it's so weird. Because, yeah, again, we, we've said about Embracer quietly doing stuff in the background, and now they're being funded by this company, 8.1% approximately, which is weird. Uh, but, again, not really much to talk about with that one. It's more it, it's investment, it's money. It kind of covers that their loss. I think we said a week or two ago that Embracer actually had a loss of one point something billion uh, revenue because they've been out yeah. acquiring studios for so much. But now they've got Tomb Raider and essentially the backing it's- of one of the richest conglomerate things in the world behind the it's scenes. It's a cash injection. It's, yeah. I think it's around about 800 million. I think... Um, Plenty. I'll, Plenty I'll, of I'll money. But again, yeah. don't want to linger too long on it because it is just... It's just money. It's rich money going into richer it, companies uh, to then come buy more ID and, and bring yeah, other it's, things. Uh, it's about 840 million um, pounds. Nice. I'd take that tidy sum any day. Moving if on, you're though. Billion, if, you're billion, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're a billion down, you still need to find another 200 million, though. I'm sure they'll find it. I'm sure they'll find it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, final few stories of the week, just wrapping up. We've got uh, an update from Ubisoft regarding the Prince of, Ta- uh, Prin- Prince of Time. S- Ubisoft's Prince of Persia, Sands of Time remake. Uh, it's no longer targeting a financial uh, 2023 release. Uh, we know we, we actually covered it on the show a few weeks back that they've changed developers. They've handed it over to Ubisoft Montreal from the uh, the Mumbai team. And uh, now it just doesn't seem to have a release date, Richie. It's been pushed back out of that financial quarter. Uh, I can see this game going along the lines of 
Scum and Bones now, where it just it's it's been pushed I, out of having an actual release window. Therefore, they don't need to mention it at all at any conferences. So it, it'll just slowly exist without anyone talking about it for probably another two or so yeah. years. My assumption here is um, Montreal have got the hands on it, realise it's nowhere near the standard, unfortunately. like It's going to take us a long time to get this back up. I mean, if you remember the original trailer when it was announced um, in 2020, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It didn't look like a remake. It looked like you took the PS2 versions and remastered it. Just up the textures. It, it looked pretty bad, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's probably more work than they were probably expecting. I'm guessing, and just went, you know what? We're not realistically. It's not going to be 2023. Let's not even try. Yeah, let's not even let's try. Just, let's just let's just put this into the back into the oven, and it's done when it's done. Yeah, uh, it's very interesting. The statement from Ubisoft is, "We're proud of the work achieved by Ubisoft Pune and Mumbai, and Ubisoft Montreal will benefit from their learnings as the new team will continue to work to deliver a great remake. Uh, as a consequence, though, we are no longer targeting the FY23 release anymore, and the game has been delisted. If players wish to cancel their pre-order, they are invited to contact their retailer, uh, and there'll be update on the project as it's moving along. So... Pre-orders gone. Yeah, January twenty-first, twenty twenty-one was the initial release date. If only it's, they it, had some kind of sands of time, Richie, to go back. And not, unfortunately, I feel so. I feel so bad for the like the Mumbai and the uh, brand team, new like, studio given yeah, a, a legacy IP. They, you gotta, you gotta laugh. You, gotta, you know, but you know what? It, if the game is better for the, for the end of it, the end product, yeah. then I'll take it. As someone who's not played it's a you. Sands of Time game, Prince of Persia, in a long, long time. It's I, I want it to be right. Over there. Yeah. yeah, it's the developers over there who've worked really hard hard on this, and it's just basically the the, the wild time went and went, no, guys, no, 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 no. And then Ubisoft went, no, guys, we're, we're going to give it to someone else. Yeah, that must sorry. Have, that cut phone call must have sucked. Yeah, that conference. <laughs> like you turn around to your team and go, yeah, we're working on a different We've project. It. It's gone, yeah. We had one crack at yeah. it, failed. Uh, but you know what? It wasn't even confirmed for Stadia. Funny enough, it was a it was one of the rare Ubisoft titles that didn't have Stadia confirmed for it. So hopefully, the time delay will actually benefit us as Stadia players in the long run. Um, I think more time in the oven, chances are it will actually come out uh, because we just don't know, Richie. We're all, we're, we just don't know. We just have to wait. Uh, similar to the next story of the week, uh, Golf with Friends announced over on Twitter this past week. They showed a little video uh, saying, "Grab your shades." Get your crash helmet on, bounce and zoom around an all-new Bouncy Castle-themed course for golf with friends, arriving on multiple platforms June 21st. Except for, it's not coming to Stadia. Uh, John Scar, our good friend over at John Scar, for Scar Gaming, uh, asked the question, is this coming to Stadia 2 on June 21st? To which they replied, it's only available on Steam, Xbox, PS4, Nintendo Switch. Thanks for the update, John said. Do you know when it will be coming to Stadia? And I quote, at the moment, there are no plans on bringing this update to Stadia. If anything changes, we'll update you here first. And we're back to square, well, hole one, Richie, when it comes to this, that DLC for games, it just doesn't seem to be supported. Yeah. It's not a thing, which it, it baffles me because I don't, I don't think this is a thing on any other platform. Like, I could never imagine buying yeah, a game on PlayStation, Switch, or Xbox, or PC, and the, DLC, like, the title is there, but the DLC just doesn't come. It's a problem. Again, there's a lot of the comments kind of saying like, oh, the devs are kind of anti-consumer on this one. But I kind of think this comes down, again, I think this comes down to Stadia and not getting these, this, it's all, it's business in the end of the day. It's mm-hmm. like, 
if Stadia haven't got it in the contracts that it has the DLC and it has crossplay, you can't expect the devs to just do it. Like it's not how the world works, unfortunately. Yeah. Like they're not they're not going to do it just as an altruistic move. They're going to go well. It, crossplay takes more effort, and bringing the DLC takes more effort. Mm-hmm. So they'll only they'll only bring DLC if they think it, either they're contractually obliged to, mm-hmm. or it they think they're going to make a return. It is what it is. Un- unlike us, Richie, yeah. who do this show for free every week, <laughs> who actually get together and talk about all this and produce it, it takes us a bit of time. Any game creation, it takes money, investment, people, editing, coding, everything like that. Marketing. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes into it, and yeah, they need to do that, but this goes back to who who's really making the power play regarding the contract negotiations, payments back and forth. It, but it does, it sucks. As players... To purchase a game, or in fact, get a game on free on Pro, and not get the sub- subsequent DLC after the fact, it, it is a disappointment. Because if you love that game and you've got it on Pro or you bought it outright and you're enjoying it, and then they go, "Oh, there's an announcement, there's new content coming. Oh, that's amazing! I can't wait to jump back in. I don't have a chance. I don't have to. Otherwise, yeah. I have to buy it on another platform. It's just another avenue to push people away to elsewhere. Like, again, imagine yeah. if this was Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I've said it a few times." And the dawn of Ragnarok just didn't come to Stadia. Just, it's not out. Also, you've dropped 80 quid on the deluxe version of Valhalla, and the next year, the biggest expansion in Assassin's Creed history, it's just not there. Like, thankfully, Ubisoft have the Um, funds and the support structure to do that. They can make a loss on it because they're big enough. It's better for their brand image. If you're a small indie studio... Ubisoft are banking on Ubisoft Plus. Well, yeah, that exactly. So you you want it across the board. But if you're a small indie studio... And it's going to cost X amount of thousand. We've seen um, the Hundred Days developer talk about the cost of making these games and publishing them. Yeah. If it's not feasible, they they just don't have to, guys. It's not the developer's fault. It's honestly, it's it's either a problem with the platform or the funding. Well, I think it's not a great look for the developer to not bring the platform no. because it kind of it's, it sours it a bit. However, my take on this is it ultimately it's down to Google to decide to determine what is and isn't on their platform. Mm-hmm. And if it's not contractually, contractually coming to the platform, you can't get, you're can't you not guaranteed it's coming. Yeah. So if a developer doesn't bring the DLC, it's always on Google, in my opinion, because they should have guaranteed that. You can't just assume that it'll come. Yeah, get it locked in. So, yeah, so get indeed. it locked in. Uh, final quick ones, just a couple of fun stories, uh, just to ra- as we wrap up, Richie. Uh, did you've probably seen it as well across social? Our friend Brian Chappelle again from the Nerf Report um, found a little interesting fun bug with Stadia this past week, where if you get to a thousand friends on your friends list, uh, it slows down the UI massively, and you aren't allowed any more friends. That's the limit. So Brian's hit a thousand. And when people send in friend requests now, the option to add friend is greyed out within the interface. So you have to delete someone. You have to make that horrible, horrible decision to call one of your friends and add someone new. Uh, it did make me laugh a little bit. I know some people were saying it was a problem. Uh, just to remind folks who weren't aware, this this happened with uh, PlayStation. There was a couple of PlayStation podcasts I used to listen to from IGN and a couple of the hosts. I think the number was a lot higher though, wasn't it? No, I think it was a 1,000. I think that's like was the magic thousand? number that... Just, I, I'm guessing these people, the uh, companies, just don't expect anyone to feasibly have over a thousand friends. I think on my PlayStation account, I might have yeah. twenty odd, 50, 50, 30 tops. Yeah, I think it's a unique 
content creator problem mm. when because you'll have a community of people so we, you want to have your friend pe- people in your community on your friends yeah. list so if you're gaming with them it's easier that's why my steady friends list is much 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 higher than my friends list on any other platform and for that life. reason so yeah a, f- a thousand friends is not weird for content creator it is weird for normal people yeah if you're out there with a thousand friends you're either a very outgoing individual who does nothing but spends time in the virtual world. Um, I just add anyone and everyone. But uh, again, yeah, it's funny that slows the UI down. Uh, it, it, it must just be something to do with the coding that it just can't process yeah. that many requests or kind of virtual transactions in, in the click of a button. It takes that a little bit longer. Uh, but again, very unique scenario. It made me chuckle because I've seen it before, but it's not a Stadia-specific issue. Uh, they, I'm sure they can probably increase the range at some point, but let's face it, Richie, when we talk about I, priorities, I it. it's not It's not a priority. It's like one of however yeah. many hundreds of thousands of players is having that problem. So yeah, uh, sorry, Brian, but looks like you're going to have to cut some people out of your life uh, if you want to add some new folks on there. Yeah. Um, final few just to touch on. Um, Dead by Daylight's having a uh, sale across all platforms, 60% off. So if you've not got Dead by Daylight yet, if you've not claimed it, uh, go over and get your horror fix there. And a final one from me, which I'm keen to see what it looks and plays like, Richie, is the Razer Kishi V2 or version 2 um, has just been announced as well over at Razer. Um, not a great deal difference from the original Razer Kishi visually. Um, yeah, visually, yeah, I was going to say. There is different, big differences, I think, in terms of the specs, mm-hmm. where Kishi is fine. At best, the the triggers aren't don't feel great. The yep, Chris has got one there. Um, the button, the face buttons are quite mushy. They're switching to away from membrane buttons to micro switches, so you'll have that nicer feel to the buttons. They're changing the format so for bigger phones and phones with cases on, which is probably one of the biggest criticisms. Now the major issue is. The MSRP on the Kishi V2, according to Razer's website, is $99.99, which, considering this is a controller, it's just a USB-C controller in a unique format that doesn't have things like rumble functionality. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, the Dual Sensors, I think, is a $70 controller. Yeah, That's got like haptic feedback, it's got, it's got rumble support, it's got motion, motion sensors, it's got this weird touch bar thing. It does a the lot. The Kishi V2, <laughs> it does a lot. Yeah, it does a lot. The key, if, and it's a very, very good, well-built controller. It's mm-hmm. awesome. The Kishi V2 is $30 more expensive than that. It does way, way less. I, yeah, honestly, if you spend $100 on that, you're an idiot. Just straight up. It's. I think it's worth about $40. Yeah. Based I, on my experience with the Kishi V1, Mm-hmm. I'd say forty dollars below, maybe fifty. But fifty dollars, you're starting to get into pre- into like first party controller territory. You're, you're getting close to like quali- X- yeah. Xbox um, Elite controller territory with, with that kind yeah, of money, and you're not getting anywhere near the the functionality. But it's why I've always said, anytime anyone's asked us whether it's now Discord or Unsure's that if you interest, get if you're on the playing CD on your phone, get yourself a Kishi. Don't buy a fresh. Head up Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, eBay, whatever. There's loads out there. New inbox going for a massive discount because there's been a lot of um, 
schemes where people have just bundled them in with like new phone contracts yeah, and stuff yeah. then ones. people don't want them so pick one up second hand so, or my recommendation for this is when Kishi V2 comes out wait look at look at the prices of the V1 second hand yeah. <laughs> you might get a bargain but I would not buy this yeah it's just stupidly priced it is uh, I, I agree with all those sentiments I'm, I'm intrigued to see our players I appreciate the fact it, that the backbone part of it backbone yeah, uh, Joe, is it a lot more stable? It's not just like a rubber band anymore. It's got a bit more structure. Um, I fact, the fact that it's got uh, the screenshot record buttons uh, additional is great because sometimes yeah. playing on Stadia, it's hard to figure out which button does what necessarily. Um, the launch yeah. app for the Razer Nexus doesn't interest me. I'm, I think it's just them attempting to kind of unify it within Razer's yeah, software. Yeah, I mean, the, the buttons are... Um, um, programmable on the Kishi V2 so that's where the app will probably come into play yeah certainly but I completely agree with your sentiments that it's it, it's a controller for almost double the price and it lacks any functionality like I, that a controller would I do think, I actually think Razer need to get the heads out their own asses here because people playing games on the phone it's a, I think it's more of a casual market and this is like top tier price for enthusiast tech yeah you're right it's like it's ridiculous you, 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 you're going after the wrong people with this and if it's costing you, if this is the price you have to pay to build to be able to make profit on this, then what are you guys doing? I like, can't imagine it costs that much it's, to make still. But it's the price is offensive. Like again, it's thirty dollars more than the Dual Sense, and it doesn't have any yeah. Rumble support Dual, at yeah, all. Dual Sense revolutionary controller for the industry, changing how yeah. games and, and haptic feedback and everything changes things, but. Uh, I'll definitely be picking one up when it's on massive discount. I got my Razer Kishi version one for like twenty nine pound off Facebook. Yeah, if I, I can it. pick one up second hand for some forty quid, I'll pick one up. Yeah, I love it. It's so handy for being out and about, travelling, playing the odd game of FIFA or a side scroll platform That's here it. and there. But I it's a great concept. Yeah, it's a great concept, and this looks like a good upgrade. It's just that price is ridiculous. I really, it certainly is. I can't. It's so highly priced. There's no way I can recommend it to people. Go pick up your second hand yeah. or your unused ones on the internet if you can do, everybody. Uh, but that brings us to an end of episode 142 of your weekly Stadia show right here on Haley's Cloud Games. The Sounds of Stadia podcast wrapping up, of course, your longest, most consistent running Stadia podcast on the planet where myself and Richie round up all the Stadia and gaming news. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who's listened, watched, viewed, tuned in this week's show don't forget if you haven't done so already do click like on the video subscribe to the channel and hit that bell so you're kept in the loop with all of the amazing content we do bring you right here just like our live streams that are back up and running now every thursday 8 p.m uk time we jump in and play a game with you the lovely community out there if you want to join the channel and help us a little bit more support the guys over here at his cloud games you can do so by clicking join below from as little as 99p you get early access special stickers extra packs and content. Uh, Richie, we're about to go away and record our next episode of Cloud Quest, our weekly topical cloud gaming show where we go and discuss a little bit more of the beaten path of what the gaming world has to offer. Uh, what are we discussing this week? We're talking about how Razer can you get the heads out the asses. <laughs> no, no. Um, we're talking about is cloud gaming finally primed, primed to explode, to become like, not this weird niche thing tagged onto gaming, to become like really mainstream 
its own thing. Yeah, there's been a few articles, moves from Microsoft and stuff this week that are yeah. kind of elevating it above just the normal gaming channel. So we're going to go away and discuss that. Remember, if you are a member of the channel, like over 50 of you are, our Helix Heroes, you can get that episode up to six days early when it goes live on Sundays instead of waiting for it to drop on free feeds on the Friday. Uh, don't forget to jump into our Discord chat if you want to have a bit of banter back and forth with other like-minded gamers and Stadia enthusiasts and cloud gamers out there in the world. Our Discord link is in the description below. But that has been it for another week of news. My name has been Chris. And I've been Richie. We've been Sounds of Stadia for Helix Cloud Games. Have a great week, everyone. And remember, play whatever and whatever makes you the happiest. Have a great week. We'll see you on the next one. Goodbye.